Welcome to Her Next Play's Power Chat Podcast, hosted by Sarah Wegman and Audra Emerson. At Her Next Play, our mission is to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. Sports build powerful leadership skills, and female athletes have enormous leadership and career potential. In our Power Chat Podcast, we talk to inspiring women leaders about sports, leadership, and careers. This is Sarah Wegman with Her Next Play's Power Chat Podcast. I'm here with a quick programming note to let you know that while this is the third episode of the Power Chat Podcast, it was actually the first episode that we recorded, and it was recorded way back in early May. With the world changing every week, we wanted to make sure to give you that context. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Sarah Wegman, and I'm thrilled to welcome our guest today, Sue Newton, to the Her Next Play Power Chat Podcast. Thank you for coming on today, Sue. Hey, Sarah, of course. Thanks for having me. Sue is a business development director at Salo. She's also a one-time Minnesota Miss Basketball player and then coach for the University of Minnesota Duluth women's basketball team, a mom of twin boys, and a member of the Her Next Play Advisory Council. Sue, thank you for being on the podcast. It's been so fun to get to know you. One of the things that I found out as I got to know you, as I mentioned in your introduction, And I know you said you don't usually tell people about this, but you are a Minnesota Miss Basketball, which is so impressive. I feel like that should be in your LinkedIn profile, but I didn't see it on there today. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. I should probably have it on there. I've been working on updating my LinkedIn. Thank you. Um, It's a great honor. And I um, have always, since I can remember, loved playing basketball. And my dad was a basketball coach for Goodhue High School, small little uh, farm community in southeastern Minnesota where I grew up. And he coached the, the boys basketball and I um, team when as, as was a teacher. And uh, I used to go to the practices with him and I used to bring my clipboard and I would just follow him around. And I thought he was, thought he was awesome. And I thought basketball was awesome and I loved it and just played in my yard. And um, at that time we didn't have the organized sports for kids and for girls at that age. Um, so we just played and I played with the neighbor kids and, um, you know, I just have always loved basketball. Uh, I played other sports throughout elementary and, you know, into high school, volleyball and softball, but basketball was always my love. And, um, I just loved it. I couldn't get enough. My parents would often laugh because they just said, Oh, you're out there again. I mean, we'd come home from the U tournaments and I would go right outside and shoot. So, and that was nothing that they pushed me into. So it's good not being a parent to kind of remember that a lot of it has to come from the passion of, of your kids, you know, and that was mine. So then you went on to play college basketball at university of Minnesota Duluth. How did you decide on going there and what was that recruiting process like? Yeah, it was intense. Um, you know, I, it it was one of those things. Um, I don't think that I was, um, really ready for it. Um, small town girl, started getting letters. I didn't really know. My parents didn't really know. We had, we didn't really have any really close friends who had gone through something that like that before. Um, so, um, it was a little bit intense. Um, and I just knew, um, kind of the most important things that I needed to feel was a connection to the team right? and to feel like there's a connection with the coaches and the, obviously my academics and what I wanted to pursue was important as well. So I think it was just really important taking those visits where, you know, there's the, the awe of the teams that are, winning and they have these this record of winning and that is very very important obviously but um I think there was this well-rounded thing that I always cared about that I wanted to win I also wanted a great education and I wanted to be on a great team 
under a great leader. And those were the things that drove me. Um, it was a really hard process just because weeding through all of that and getting all that attention, that's not a comfortable spot for me. I'm not, I don't get comfort in that. I'm good just kind of spreading the love, getting it is overwhelming for me, especially at that age. Um, but I ended up ultimately deciding on the University of Minnesota Duluth. And I'll never forget um, when Karen Stromy, who was the head coach at that time, she literally bounded into my living room on the, the visit, the home visit. She did? And, yeah, she just bounded. <laughs> the way she moved. If you could see my arms, they're just pumping. And she walked in and I instantly was just struck by her energy. And my parents were as well. And so we just had that instant connection. And I'm curious, when you were going through the recruiting process and looking at colleges, did you have any sense? And I know that sense always changes in terms of what you want to do. But at that time, did you have a career goal or did you have any ideas on what you wanted to do post-graduation? Sarah, I, you know, it's one of those things. um, I thought I wanted to go into exercise science. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't know that I wanted to go into exercise science. My plan was to go into physical therapy school. That's kind of what I was leaning towards. Um, but I didn't really know everything that really came along with that. So I kind of, that was my first, if I could find a school that had like the sciences. I could follow a track of, um, you know, um, down the medical path is what I was thinking. I wasn't sold on it, but that's kind of what I needed to do at least my first couple years. So really, honestly, I don't feel like, you know, I was one of those athletes that just knew I'm going to be a doctor right. or I'm going to go do this. I really just, I, I was leaning towards it and felt like I needed to be around in an, in a school that I could help, I could help me kind of figure out my path as I went. So I had an idea and a seed planted, but it wasn't a, this is what I'm doing. Um, so one of the things that we're really passionate about at Her Next Play is just how sports can develop leadership skills. So if you think back to Sue, the college basketball player, what kind of leader were you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, I always, I always was the person that um, was going to work the hardest. I think that the work ethic um, for me, I think that shows genuine leadership when you weren't just saying this is what we should do. You're doing it. Um, The discipline um, of not always doing the easy thing. Sometimes it's the hard thing showing up even when you don't want to. I think that's what people came to expect from me and that I would just um, do whatever it took. Um, it wasn't just a lot of words. It was action and working hard. What was your favorite season? If you think about, did you play four years of basketball at Duluth? I did. I did. Uh, gosh, that's a hard one. It's a really difficult question to ask, to answer. Um, you know, I think the senior, your senior year is just so filled with emotion and this is your last year. And so I, I think that would be probably my favorite or most memorable but each season had its little, you know, there's nothing like the, the goosebumps and that feeling in your stomach as a freshman of just like, you know, trying to find your way. Um, so that is very memorable too. Um, but each one kind of had its own tone, you know? And so, um, yeah, pick one. <laughs> yeah. I think our, I think my junior year, just the team, the whole team that we were surrounded by the people, we had the best chemistry. Yeah. Um, when I was a junior, it just happened to be that year that we just clicked. Um, but probably favorite would be my senior year. You just feel like this is kind of your thing. You're taking care of it. You put your arms around it and own it. Right. So as you finished up your senior year, what were you thinking about from a career perspective? And one of the things that her next play that we 
consistently hear about from our athletes is that that transition from college to early professional career can be really hard um, because you're losing your identity and a lot of the things that go along with being an athlete. At the same time, you're starting a whole new adventure in your career. So how did that transition go for you and what did you do after graduation? Yeah, uh, Sarah, I can, this is just, I can relate to this so much because it was a bit of a struggle for me. I did have, you know, I mentioned just how basketball was such a huge part of my life and my identity and just who I was. And so I felt like I was losing a lot of that. Um, I really uh, ended up, you know, I started to kind of go down this path of physical therapy and, and looking at career path. And I, I think that somewhere deep inside, I thought that I would always play. And it took until like just end of career to say, you know what, I'm actually not going to play professionally. I'm not going to continue to play. I need to figure out what I'm going to do. So you consider playing professionally? You know, um, yeah, it was, it's not that I had a bazillion opportunities to do that. I wasn't quite at the, that level that I needed to be in order to do that. And so it was like, do I take a year and, and spend and commit to that and keep doing that? Or do I, and so I did get to a point where, um, you know what, this is what I need to do. I'm actually excited to do something different and to utilize the skills that I have in a different way. So I really was at a point where I was ready for it. It wasn't that it was crushing, that I wasn't moving on to that next level. I, I made that internal gut decision. This is, I just want to do something else. I want to be this well-rounded person that I feel like I'm ready to enter the world and do other things outside of basketball. Um, but what was that, that I was going to do? I was lucky enough to be around really awesome advisors um, and then obviously Karen Stromy, Coach Stromy was so helpful. And she um, had these professors of this program, this Masters of Industrial Safety program came and visited with me and said, you know, we'd like to talk to you about this program and here's what it can do. And you will, it will launch you right into this career. And it was really difficult. It was a very difficult time for me because I kind of had to swallow my pride. I had always been that person that had everything dialed in and I knew exactly what I was going to do. I knew exactly what I was going to eat, what I was going to work out that day, how many shots I was going to take. Like I was dialed in. And so it was a, a moment of um, I had to just face the fact that I didn't really plan on what I wanted to do. And um, environmental health and safety never really dropped in on me um, until the last minute. But I started to kind of have more conversations with these professors. And I kind of thought, well, what's important to me now is to get out into the world and start working, start contributing earning, um, earning my way through and getting some good experience. So this seemed like a really good way, as well as I had the awesome opportunity to coach, right? I was a grad assistant with Karen and Dave. And that was one of the most incredible experiences ever. So I think that also helped me make that decision to pull the trigger on that master's program. So I ended up getting a master's in environment, excuse me, environmental health and safety from the University of Minnesota Duluth and um, was a grad coach. So I could still kind of keep basketball in my life. It was a, ended up being a great program though. And I uh, landed an internship um, right out of that program. And so left uh, Duluth um, and had an internship with um, a really awesome company in the Twin Cities. And then that turned into um, a job in that, in the environmental health and safety world. So I was extremely fortunate to get that. And if you have any advice for seniors that are graduating, and we'll talk a little bit later about the special challenges they have in this environment as, as they graduate, but just a typical senior making that transition from college to career, what advice would you have for them? You know, um, 
It's a great question, Sarah. And I, um, one of the things that I look back and wish I would have done was really connect with others. I felt kind of, you know, you know, I'm very close to my family. So I really relied on my family for that transition, uh, which looking back, my poor family, <laughs> because I felt like a fish out of water. I was, you know, um, I didn't, from everything that sounds small, but it's actually really big too, from like finding clothes to wear that were appropriate, that fit an athlete with big feet and broad shoulders and strong legs. And um, how do I even work out now? What do I even eat? Like, what is my routine to, to friends and networks? Because your team was always your network. So I, uh, looking back, I wish I would have connected somehow with people who had just recently been in my shoes or had been in my shoes and just could at least throw me some tidbits or um, make you feel like you're part of something still. Um, because I felt like I was a fish out of water and I had this great job um, and just didn't feel like I had my team around me you know, wonderful co-workers, but it just wasn't the same. Right. Um, and so I really feel like um, some, for some period before launching into that would be really great to just be having those conversations about here's what to think about when you get a job offer to here's what you think, you know, here's what I did and what worked for me. Here's what I did for workouts. Here's what I did to kind of build up, you know, my network, alumni, different things like that. I really wish I would have done that. Uh, it did feel kind of like I was on this solo journey surrounded by awesome friends and family, but it just wasn't the same. You had your internship and then just kind of, I, I saw so many great articles about you as the, you were such a young head coach, right? I mean, that was such an accomplishment. How did you get back into coaching? Yeah, it was, um, one of those moments where, um, I was at work. So I had this job that was going great. And I got a call from, from Karen Strummy, from Coach Strummy, and she just said, hey, listen, um, there's this opportunity to, for our assistant coaching position opened up. David had gone to the Gophers, uh, U of M Gophers, and um, we have this, and I'm thinking of you, and what do you think? I know you have this great job, but would you ever? And, um, you know, at that time I was single, you know, living with my sister, and I said, I am, Yes a hundred percent in. And she's like, baby, you should just think about it for a minute. And I didn't even need to think about it. It was some, it was one of those things where I knew what I had was good, but if I didn't take this opportunity, I'd never have a chance like that again. And although I hadn't planned on a coaching career, um, it was one of those things that I knew I would never regret. And so I ended up taking the role, um, interviewed for it and did went through the whole process, got selected and, um, went back up to UMD. So it was very, very fun to, coach with the coach that I played for right? Um, and at my alma mater. It was such a special time. We were actually just emailing today um, just about some of those great memories. And I think that was um, a huge moment for me. And um, when you look back and constantly are evaluating what's important to you and, um, you know, keeping those pillars there, um, you know, that was one of those experiences that I just knew I had to take. It was hard. I was just getting settling, settled in. Hadn't felt a hundred percent settled, but um, some of my um, former teammates were um, also in the cities and working and trying to figure things out. So, you know, started to uh, have the opportunity to be around them more. And so that was hard to leave. I felt like I was leaving them again and then going back to something that was familiar, but I didn't really have a network there either. They were, you know, college kids. Yeah. So that was kind of one of those things where I was a little bit nervous about it, but I also knew that it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. And I wanted to at least try knowing that I could come back and I have this solid, you know, 
some solid work experience in corporate America that I could lean on um, if it wasn't what it, what I thought it would be. So how was it, you, co- you were assistant coach for a couple of years, then you were promoted to head coach. And what was that like being one of those younger female head coaches? How was that experience? And what was different about it than maybe you would have thought as a player? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was, <laughs> what I can say about that is it was 100%, 100 times more difficult as a coach versus a player. You know, as a player, you you felt like, you know, in those moments where you knew what was expected of you, you could go do that and execute. And being on the sidelines was 100% more difficult and being the one making those decisions and, and more so than winning or losing a game, helping make sure that the players understood where you were coming from and that they were learning something um, about who they were and about life. Um, you know, there is no greater um, you know, comparison or metaphor than sports and life. And so that, and the role that Karen played for me, filling that spot for some other woman, for some other athlete was huge. And I was honored, slightly terrified. Um, you know, and I had, honestly, I had some parents that were concerned that said, okay, so we're going to have a great team this year. No offense but you're going to be coaching against, and there's a ton of amazing, incredible hall of fame coaches at the division two level that I was going to be coaching against. And they said, no offense, but are you sure about this? <laughs> no offense. So how did you handle that? So there were some doubters. Um, I had more support than I had doubters. And I think UMD is just a special place that everybody just lifts you up. The coaching staff, the, um, I had all the support in the world and Karen was still there. She was in a different role. Um, but still there. And I was very also close with the uh, head men's basketball coach, Gary Holquist. And so he was a huge supporter of mine and helped me through it. And the other thing that I'll say um, about that transition is, um, and it's a good reminder to always surround yourself with awesome, wonderful people. I had an amazing assistant coach who was really good at all the things that I wasn't. Um, And so we were really a good team. I want to fast forward to your role at Salo. You've been in that for almost 10 years. Can you talk a little bit about what your role at Salo is and what you've enjoyed about it? Obviously, since you've been there for such a long time, you've been thriving. Yeah, I love it. It's an amazing organization. And I, um, you know, at Salo, my role is a sales role, business development. So we help uh, consultants that are at a senior level in HR. We also have a separate division that works in the same capacity in finance. Um, with getting into project roles. So uh, my role is really to make sure clients know who we are and the type of talent we have and how we can help them solve their business problems. And so a lot of what I do is building relationships. It's reaching out to new, it's cultivating new, it's gaining trust, and then getting to this point, which has been really fun for me um, to be a peer to these um, executives in, that are leading the HR functions um, of organizations right now. And um, so it's really fun and I love it. And I think. Um, you know, the way that I landed at Salo um, was really, I, th- I think, the crux of, of like what I actually do for my job. It was building and, and maintaining those relationships. And that sounds kind of fluffy, but it's, it's also all the things that we've already talked about that I think that I've I figured out what I'm good at in following up, doing what I, what I said I was going to do, um, building that trust. Um, and just delivering on that. And so I had been a friend of the firm, I would say, for a number of years, um, helping out the others in this role. 
And um, that kind of led me to the organization and to this opportunity at a time where they were just growing. And there wasn't a lot of process or structure in place. And so it was really fun to be able to be part of an organization that's growing and thriving. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where um, as, as you grow, you, you know, think about the things that you did in your career to say, hey, I've been here before. I've been in a spot where, you know, very different, but we're behind by 20 in a basketball game, how you respond in, in a world of, of when you're in business and the business climate and, you know, your, your revenue is down, what are you going to do? And it's all those things. It's showing up, having discipline, it's staying connected, it's doing the right thing, which is sometimes not the easy thing. I think those things mirror themselves precisely with what I've done throughout my career. Um, when I look back and, and say, like, what are some of those things that have kind of stuck with me? Right. Well, that was similar to what I was going to ask, which is if you think about reflecting back on the skills that you learned as an athlete, what skill do you think has helped you most in your career? Um, I would say in addition to kind of what I, what we just talked about, I would say trusting uh, your instinct and your gut. Um, and I, I think that can be, um, it can be tricky sometimes, you know, um, we're faced with a lot of different decisions and, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't really feel good. Um, but I think I, one of the things I've always tried to do is, is listen to, listen to that inner voice, um, and, and always doing what's right. All right. Okay. So it's been a really tough time the last few months with COVID-19. And I think, I think a lot about, and I have a lot of empathy for the athletes that are graduating this spring and are facing a really tough job market and having to start their careers in a really challenging environment. What advice do you have for them specifically given what they're facing and um, how would you help them as they think about how they can navigate this tough time? Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's a great question, Sarah. I think about, I think about them a lot too. And it is a really tricky time. Organizations are just hitting the pause button. And um, it, it is one of those tough situations where we all have a number of emotions and things going on. And I think the biggest thing that I would say to do is to focus on what can I do to stay connected to others. Um, I think it's easy for all of us to disappear kind of right now because it feels better to hide under a rock some days. Um, than to get out in front. But I think um, staying curious and staying aware of what's going on with organizations, getting on LinkedIn and who is hiring right now, because there are organizations that are hiring and thinking through what are some of the situations that, you know, you've been through as an athlete um, that you can speak to. Um, like, hey, I've been through these situations. Here's how I can help. And really building on some of the things that you've needed the time to build on. Um, and I think it's also important. I think um, I've heard a number of people say, well, I just don't want to bother them right now. I don't want them to think that I don't understand the situation that they're in right now. So I don't want to reach out to anybody. And I, I really think that now more than ever, there's a lot of empathy that uh, organization people have to each other. It's been really cool to see that come through in organizations that not only at Salo, but also other organizations um, that we work closely with that there's just this different level of like, hey, I get it. So I would say, uh, to summarize that, I would say, don't stop reaching out or don't hesitate to reach out to somebody who you want to connect with. There's a business that you're interested in learning more. They might not have a job for you right now, but it, it would be worth your time 
to understand more about their business and think through some of the challenges they're having and how I know it's hard, but how you might be able to help with some of those challenges once things start to kind of shift. Great. So I know your husband, Brad's an athlete too. <laughs> and um, I'm curious, so I've seen so many cute like TikTok and Instagram videos of athletes who are quarantined together and they're working out and working out together as a family. My favorite couple is, I love Julie Ertz from the U.S. Women's National Team, who's married to Zach Ertz, who plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's just so fun to watch them working out together. But are you and Brad working out together? How is the fact that you're both athletes um, part of your relationship? And how is your family doing during COVID-19 and being at home? Yeah, great question. It's so funny that you say that because, yeah, we actually are again. It's one of the bright lights that's come from this. Um, we have twin boys that are, they're eight. Uh, and uh, we used to always work out together. And it was a blessing and a curse because it was awesome to have a partner in this life that loved to do what you could do. But it was also we were very competitive. And sometimes that, you know, he would always beat me. I feel like it's been really fun for me because he's got some, it's not really fair, but um, I can do more push-ups than him. And so it's hard for, it's a hard uh, pill for him to swallow because he's got some injuries. So it's not really fair, but no, we really have been in this. Um, we've really tried to establish some good routines for the kids because it's easy to just, you know, stay on devices and stay on the screens and, you know, that's how we're connecting with people. And so we've really made an effort to do it might not be a, a total family workout, but for sure, Brad and I work out together in the morning. Um, sometimes it's in a, a walk, run, or bike together as a family at night. And so it's really been awesome for us to show our kids like, hey, this is, this is not only a way to stay healthy, but also for us to do something together as a family without a screen, you know? Um, and so we've, we've been doing anything from yoga to I have a colleague who teaches a fitness class on uh, Facebook that we do together. Um, and then, of course, playing basketball. We've had a lot of knockdown, drag out, uh, lightning, two on two, one on one tournaments. Usually ends in tears or blood, but um, it really is fun. It really has been fun. That's fantastic. That's so fun that you can do that together with him and with your with your boys. It is good. Okay, so I have one last question to wrap things up. If you had to draft four other women's basketball players to play basketball with you, so the five of you would be the starting team. Yeah, that's a great question. And my mind at first went to, you know, all of the professional players. Um, and I might be kind of a sap, but I would go back to the starting five of my junior year in college. Um, you know, for me, um, yeah, it's about winning. And I might, again, be a, a little bit of a sap. But to me, it's about the camaraderie and the team, and the trust that you build uh, versus anything. So I would say I would say my 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 teammates for my junior year. I love that. Sue, thank you so much for being on the Her Next Play Power Chat Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. It was fun. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Her Next Play Power Chat Podcast. We hope you've been inspired to become part of our community and join us in our mission to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. You can help support us by heading to our website at www.hernextplay.org to join our Booster Club as a donor or a volunteer. And follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Her Next Play to learn more about our programs and upcoming events. We'll be back soon for the next Power Chat.